Hello, welcome to another episode of From the Beginning here at Heavenward Thinking. Today we're continuing our discussion on Genesis chapter 6. So I'm going to read the passage again for us and we'll dig right into our topic again today. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you, two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. So we talked a little bit last week in our conversation from the beginning. We were talking about the wickedness of the world and how it had increased so greatly since the fall in the Garden of Eden and how humanity had become out of control. Violence was rampant and wickedness was all over to the point where the Lord says in, in here, he saw the gr- great wickedness of the human race and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. This is a really... Uh, important part in this chapter, and it, it's repeated later on of how incredible the earth was filled with violence and wickedness. And we need to look at that and then look at our own world. And today we're seeing our world filled with all kinds of wickedness, all kinds of violence, all kinds of stuff that the Lord is totally against, all kinds of sinfulness. We're seeing it constantly on the news. If you check it out, you're seeing wickedness, sin, evil everywhere. It's raging throughout our world right now. And we're at a time where we have to decide, are we going to be like Noah? Are we going to stand out from the crowd, from the wicked crowd? And are we going to do what the Lord calls us to do? As we talked about last week, we talked about the importance of verse 22 here in chapter 6, of Noah did everything just as God commanded him. We talked about how important that was and how we need to follow how the Lord is leading us in our lives. We need to do what he commands us to 
to do. And he commands us as Christians to shine the light of Jesus in a dark world. The world at our point in life has become so wicked once again. And we know that scripture says in the end times, it's going to become more and more like the days of Noah. And we know that it's going to become more and more wicked. We don't know when the end is coming, but we know that it's coming sooner than it has been for the past 2000 years. So we need to live like that. Uh, it's coming and that we know it could be a possibility at any time. We need to make sure that we are standing out from the crowd, shining for Jesus, making sure that we are not blending in with the wickedness of the world, but we're, we're pointing people to Jesus. We need to help people get on the right track, be witnessing to people and get them pointed towards Jesus and away from the sin of the world that the world is just saying is acceptable, it's tolerable, it's it's something that is okay. It's, it's not okay, though, when we look at Scripture, and we need to get people focused on Scripture, which is our whole point of this show from the beginning. We're trying to go throughout all of Scripture, starting in Genesis and going all the way we want to get through as many passages, as many topics as possible so that people know what Scripture truly says, not what man has twisted it to say. So once again, that is a point of our show here at Heavenward Thinking from the beginning. As we look at this chapter, uh, other things point out, uh, as we have talked about all the wickedness, but we still see God's incredible compassion, his incredible kindness, and his incredible patience with human beings. God could have wiped away all of us, right after the first sin in the Garden of Eden, he could have destroyed humanity forever, but he chose to allow us a chance. He chose to begin a process right then from the very first sin. He chose to initiate a process that would one day lead to Jesus coming to take the place of our punishment for our sins. And, and we see in this chapter that God could have, again, he could have chosen to wipe out the entire earth and not leave any survivors. But what did he do? He still saved a remnant. He saved Noah and his family and two of every kind of animal. So we see the Lord's incredible patience with humanity, his kindness, his love for us, his compassion, and how he gives us chance after chance. Uh, but one day, we're not going to have any more chances. So we need to, on earth, make sure that we are right with the Lord, that we have uh, accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and that we bring other people to come to know Jesus, that we get people to focus on Jesus there, there will one day be an end to the chances, so we need to make sure that people are right with the Lord before that day comes. Just as people had chance after chance to repent and turn, but they didn't in the days of Noah, and only Noah and his family survived. And that'll be a point that we talk about more in Genesis chapter 7, when we see the flood start to come, and we, and we see the result of that, and no one else took up uh, the invitation to come on the ark, and no one made things right with God and joined them. But when we look at this uh, last section here, there's another thing that points out. As I mentioned, God directed Noah to bring two of every kind of animal on the ark. And that was a, a compassion. But it's also important for us to look at this and see how many animals would have needed to have been on the ark. And there are great scholars uh, who have figured this out. Uh, I went down to Answers in Genesis this summer, and we found out lots of information. How many how many kinds, how many animals total would need to be there? And, and we uh, found out that it's way less than we would imagine. There would only have had to have been um, way less than we had thought. Thousands, not tens and tens of tens of thousands. It, it would have been a very manageable number, especially with how big the ark is. If you go down to Kentucky and you see the ark, you'll realize, wow, it is very, very possible. And it is very easy to see how they were able to take care of these animals and how they were able to house them all in there. They wouldn't have needed anything bigger than the ark. The ark would have been big enough for two of every kind, because kind is really important here in this chapter to understand it's not two of every Every uh, species of everything where you have all these different 
uh, animals. No, you have to have the kinds so that you could have had two of every uh, dog, uh, dog, not every single kind of like uh, breed and all that stuff. No, you would have to just have kinds, and kinds have a very, very uh, easy ability to uh, variate, uh, and that's why we see the variations in kinds. But we got to remember that when we look at this, it's not holy cow. There's all these animals in the world coming. No, it's two of every kind. So it makes it very feasible, very possible, and. It should strengthen our faith when we look at details like this and we see Scripture is true. We can trust it. It is very true. It's infallible. And when it says that two of every kind, that should point us towards, wow, this is an understanding. I, I can understand how this was possible, not something crazy that we always uh, make fun of and, and that secularists will criticize Christians about. So that's an important point to make in this passage. Uh, and then... Uh, as we move forward, it's really important that we uh, once again come down to that last verse of what was different about Noah. Noah was standing out from the crowd. He was doing something different. He was willing to do what God commanded him. God gave him very specific instructions. This is what I need you to do. You need to build this ark. I'm going to make a covenant with you. And what did Noah do? He listened and did everything just as God commanded him. So we can take this whole chapter and we can apply so many different parts to our lives, but we really need to apply, I think, this last verse most of all. We need to make sure that we're doing what the Lord requires of us, what he has commanded us to do. And as Christians, we're supposed to be shining the light of Jesus to others. We're supposed to be living differently, thinking differently. And having a word thinking, we're trying to get your focus on Jesus, on heaven, on the things of God, not the things of this world, because the things of this world tempt us. The things of this world get us off track and they get us involved in wickedness. We see that in this chapter. The things of this world were tempting people so much so that evil was everywhere and all people could think about constantly, the Bible says, continually, their thought was only evil, not any good at all. And we can get tempted and we can get lured into that same trap ourselves. We're not immune to that temptation. If we are thinking about the things on earth and we're not having a heavenward thinking perspective, then we're going to end up having an increase in wickedness and we'll be distracted, we'll be tempted, we'll be taken away from what the Lord wants us to do. But when we do what Noah did, when we remain righteous, we remain pure, we remain committed to the Lord and we faithfully carry out his commands and we follow his word and we stand on his authority, not on man's authority, then we're going to stand out from the crowd and we're going to be able to be effective for Jesus in the world. We will be able to shine brightly in a dark world. So I hope you consider that this week and then join us next week as we continue on in our flood account in Genesis chapter 7. So join us next week for another episode of From the Beginning here at Heavenward Thinking.